HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's March 11th, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We've got a great lineup tonight. We've got Wild Beer Company from England and the Women in Beer Sweet Fire Collaboration joining us as well. So it's been a great winter. It's been super cold in New York. Uh, there have been days of 10 degrees, and uh, I've got a full walk and a beer. And uh, I'm just looking forward to a, a nice spring. We had New York City Beer Week, and that all got wrapped up. But... Um, as you know, many great things happen here at Heritage Radio Network. We're in Roberta's, and uh, just turns out that the last two days I've been here, yesterday we had Ron Pattinson from England, and uh, today with John Lombaum from Be United, uh, we've got Andrew Cooper from uh, Wild Beer Company. All right, Andrew, welcome to the show. And Ann uh, Bercera from Ginger Man, Ann Likes Beer. This is the first time it. I ever pronounced your name right. You did a great job. It's usually well Ann Likes Beer. Um, <laughs> so we're here talking about, about beers, kicking it off with uh, the Wild Beer Company. John, uh, what beer did you bring us from Wild Beer Company? Well, we've got three beers from the Wild Beer Company with us today. The first uh, that's in our glasses now is the Wild Beer uh, Somerset Saison, um, known as the Epic Saison overseas, but Somerset Saison here in the States. Um, Andrew, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Somerset Saison. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a beer we wanted to make. It was one of our original beers. Um, we wanted to make something that was a, a bit of a look at um, the Saison style, but kind of with our own spin on it. So we use a lot of Sriracha Ace hops in there. It's dry, heavily dry hopped with them and, and a bit of Columbus. And uh, we're looking for a really dry finish on it, but a big kind of fruit kick from the hops. And now you're obviously you guys are known more than anything else for you know making some pretty aggressive, pretty interesting, pretty funky, um, often sour beers using labrotamyces, cultivating your own wild yeasts. Um, this beer is you know, maybe a little more straight ahead, right? I mean, it's no yeah. Brett, no lacto, just sort of more about the hops and the grain and sort of the Belgian influence. Absolutely, it's a, it's a pretty simple beer for us. Um, it was one of the beers that we kind of used to get us get ourselves going. 
whilst we started working on the the funky stuff that takes a while to make it happen this was one of the beers that, that kind of got us off the ground got us going and it's pretty very popular and and it's a big part of what we do andrew let's get a little background so uh some notes you're from there's towns in somerset like batcombe westcombe and cranmore and uh one, have a DeLorean? <laughs> yeah one thing on the website you're from the land of the summer people in somerset so what's somerset like i've, I've seen videos of julian temperley the the cider maker um, but that's all I know about Somerset. Okay, so it's a it's a rural county in the southwest of England. It's renowned for its pastures and its orchards. It's great cheese making. Cheddar cheddar cheese originates from the county, and so, uh, Somerset cider is kind of world renowned as some of the the finest apple growing countries, you know, country in the world. And uh, we kind of we've set up a brewery in in a very small village where we're on a on a dairy farm where they make one of the finest cheddars in the world and so we kind of like to make beers that that sort of reflect where we're from a bit and we we like to have an understanding of what it's about to be where we are and and um wanted to to use the local yeast strains from the orchards and and make something that reflected where we are but is also um kind of forward thinking for the uk beer scene it's we're probably on a a different curve to any other brewery in the uk with a a bit of a different approach to to beer in general so we're we're a bit out there um you know andrew uh, a couple quick things you should probably mention the cheddar that's made on the farm where the brewery is located yeah um so west shameless plug but yeah absolutely (laughs) westcombe cheddar is um one of the three slow food recognized artisan cheddars in the uk um with montgomery's and um keen's the other two they're they're kind of world-renowned fantastic cheddars all the cheddars are aged for over a year and they're cloth wrapped and my god it's good cheese do you have a favorite beer of yours that uh pairs best with them yeah, um, the one that's just gone in your glass. Um, and excellent segue. Yeah. We, <laughs> Go we d- on. Yeah, we didn't even rehearse. It's great. It. I get a lot of this sriracha ace, and it's really, really good. Very creamy and fruity. So, it's good beer. So the beer that's just come around now is a, a beer that's uh, known as Iduna Crew. Um, and Iduna is the Nordic goddess of apples, and we make this beer with 10% apple juice from, from local orchards. Um, and it's... Uh, fermented with both saison yeast and um and then brett as well um it's got, got a really dry finish to it and then this kick of apple right at the end um some nelson sovan hops in there that that really add to it and and the brett gives a really kind of big fruity note to the to the beer as well it's john how did how did you guys at be united you're, you're the importers based in connecticut mm-hmm. how, how do you find you know the breweries like this he's, he's fairly new yeah he's kind I mean- of Untraditional. Yeah, I mean, you know, while beer company, we're talking about a brewery that's you know maybe a couple years old at that. Um, a big part of our mission statement is you know that if there's a new exciting new brewery in the world, we want to know about it, and you know, being a very competitive beer market, we want to know about it first. Um, we have a really fantastic uh, Touchwood. We've had really a lot of success in getting some really incredible breweries and. Our number one priority is making sure that we support those breweries well and represent those breweries well in the U.S. But if we find someone like the Wild Beer Company, um, which has really set the bar very, very, very high for innovation and being a forward-looking brewery in England, I mean, that's something that we absolutely want to represent in the U.S. and bring to the U.S. market. Um, Personally, my main area of sort of R&D is the U.K., 
So I go over to the England several times a year, uh, meeting with new brewers, new breweries, just trying to keep my boots on the ground to get a sense of the scene. Um, I will say that England, like a lot of sort of traditional old world beer countries, is really in the midst of a revolution, um, a craft revolution. There's hundreds and hundreds of new breweries opening up in England, taking a lot of their cues from sort of the American craft movement of the past decade or so. Where'd the name come from? Um, kind of the, the whole idea for the brewery came from a beer, um, and we wanted to make this, this dark beer that we call Modus Operandi. Um, which is a, a blended old ale that we um, that we age with Brett for for at least three or four months in in both bourbon and red wine casks. So wild, like wild. Cool. And so it's the wild yeast side of things, and then we've kind of taken that forward. And um, one of the beers that we're hoping to bring over to to the US in the next couple of months is a, a beer called Somerset Wild, where we've uh, taken captured some. Uh, yeast from the local orchards, yeast and bacteria from the local orchards, and uh, and we've done our own kind of slightly unusual take on a on a sour. Cool, can't wait to try it. Yeah, hey, so, so your background—you were working as a commercial brewer, right? Um, the two of us who set the brewery up together. We, um, my business partner Brett, funnily enough, is. Uh, <laughs> Is, well, uh, right, he's Brett and you're Cooper, <laughs> so it's pretty perfect for the mission statement. Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's where we started. and uh, That was a good yeah. one, John. <laughs> you're all night, folks. That's not a joke. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my Brett is a Californian. Um, he came over to the UK seven or eight years ago, um, naturally, to, to capture a woman. Um, and uh, he... Um, that's not going to go down well in this ring. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, we should say he was a foreign exchange student in Ireland and met a woman from England, and they had a long-distance relationship for a long time. It's a very beautiful story. He's a lovely I, I man. think he actually wanted to capture. I think we're all... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he definitely captured. Yeah. <laughs> Physically capture. Yeah, he did, he did well. Um, but he came over in the first few months he was in the UK. He couldn't um, get a job because of visa restrictions, so he just started homebrewing. Um, and he loved doing that. He was a chef by background, and he, he worked for a year or so as a chef and then um, went knocking on brewery doors saying, uh, can, I, can I come and clean your casks? Can I get involved? And uh, he worked hard and worked his way up. But the two of us had ideas that kind of went beyond what we'd ever <coughs> be allowed to do in someone else's brewery. Uh, so we, the only way for us to kind of fulfil our dreams and ambitions and creative urges was to, to go it alone and, and do our own thing. Well, you know, in, in the room right now with you, Andrew, we, from our New York City Beer Week, um, there are some great women in beer. Uh, they are all part of a, a sweet fire collaboration with Empire. And, Anne, why don't you introduce uh, your, your colleagues? Because we can start. I think you guys might have a lot to say about what Andrew's doing because there's some of the best minds in beer in New York City sitting here right now. Couldn't agree with you more. These are some of my favorite people in New York. Uh, got Jen from Spring Lounge, Catherine from Blend Tiger, Olivia from Empire, Haley from Taproom. They can all you know, tell you a lot more about themselves than I can, but I just had so such a blast. Have any of them. you at, at your, between Ginger Man, Spring Lounge, Blind Tiger, and uh, Taproom 307, have you guys had a wild beer company either on draft or at bottles? Yeah. Yeah, we started with the Somerset Saison last year. Did very well for us. Like you said, it's got a little bit of tartness, but no, none of the wild yeast. It's a little more approachable, so it was a great intro. It's, and how, how do you position it to your customers? Because it's, it's from England, it's a little different. I mean, do you think that it, it has an advantage because it's from Europe, or do you think that it has a disadvantage because it's not American craft? 
I think that people, at least my clientele in the beginning, they weren't as experimental as they've become. Um, but now people are going for the sours and the more out there beer styles. In the beginning, I sold a, lagers, a lot of lagers and wheats, and now we've expanded on that as our customer base becomes more educated and more interested. Um, so I find when I put these experimental beers on there, people gravitate towards them naturally. And I think you said a good point was about it being sort of an intro segue. You know, some people that aren't quite ready for something so sour and mouth puckering and crazy, but can kind of get a little bit of this. There's similarities between a lot of these beers and certain wines that people are used to drinking, and it's a good kind of intro. Yeah, and a Saison is the perfect style for the Saison. It's a perfect style for that kind of thing because we, similar to Taproom, we have that sort of middle of the road clientele that they want to be experimental, but they're not sure. And a Saison is just fruity enough, just tart enough, and not not super out there. That so, Jen, th- this is so Haley Jansen from Taproom 307, and Jen T. I only know you as Jen T. What's your full name? Jen Torriero. Jen Torriero from Spring Lounge, and, and Catherine, what's your last name? Kyle. Kyle, and we know Olivia Sirio. Yep. So uh, for you, Jen and Haley and, and Catherine, this is your first time on the show. Yep. Tell us a little bit of what, what you're doing at, at Spring Lounge. You know, you're the GM. Yes. And what's the beer program like? Well, so our beer program, um, I consider us to be a little bit more of a an introductory beer program. We uh, we try to cover the gamut of the beer styles, hit all the basic styles, and then throw on either a couple rotating seasonals or a couple rotating a little bit more out there, something either like barley wines or sour ales, old ales, that kind of stuff. Um, and for me, I think the most important thing about a place like Spring Lounge in the beer community is that we're not... We're not um, a go-to place for the people that are already in the know. We're more of the kind of place where people just happen to be hanging out and they they get excited about all these different beers that we have on and so they're willing to try new things. We're sort of opening opening the door uh, of craft beer to a different kind of clientele. So that's sort of what my goal is, is to always have things that are accessible enough yet different enough to you know entice people to, you know, Stop drinking their Bud Light and yeah. move over to something else. And then there's Blind Tiger, which <laughs> yeah. is well, Catherine, quite a come on. program. We, we've had, I think, Dave Broderick has been on like at least once a, a month times, for yeah. years. But t- tell us about you. So you, you're there running running the show. You're the GM, right? That's right. I'm the GM. And we, everyone kind of knows what, what you guys do. But tell us in your words what, what the beer program is like. Well, the Blind Tiger, we have a really, really astute clientele. So... I have to play to you know to their strengths. Um, if I put a beer on before it's ready, I'm going to hear about it. It's going to hurt the brewery. So I, I really try hard to, yes, be open to anything, but also let people understand that there's really not that much room for error when you're on at the Blind Tiger because you're you know you're going to be drank by people who know the difference between good beer and not so good beer, and you want to always be in that good beer quality um, column. But that said. I also, you know, just like the Spring Lounge, it's important to me to have accessible beer on the board. I want someone who can walk in there who's never had a craft beer before to be able to come up, have a you know, small conversation with the bartender and wind up with a beer that they're interested in that will hopefully drive them further down the craft beer avenue. Um, but also, you know, I'm always looking for the, you know, the new stuff, the esoteric stuff. I really want to, you know, hit the old classics, too. I bring beers back that people haven't, you know, been thinking about for a few years, but... They're also how we got where we are now. So I really balance, you know, I try to balance about three or four different ideas on the board. And luckily I have 28 lines to do that with. So, 
you know, that's the general philosophy behind what I do on the. What What are some things that you have on tonight? What do I have on tonight? Because I might go there later. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all might go there later. Yeah, that's right. I think we have the Eastern Standard by Peaks Go On, um, which is a fantastic drinking beer. Actually, I saw that keg blow in three and a half hours on a Friday night, and it was a half barrel, and I was blown away by how fast that went. Um, so that that's something that's on right now. We don't have any of the Empire Sweet Fire on. Because you crushed it. Because it <laughs> sold out. Flying out. Although it is on at the Spring Lounge right now. It's on yeah, the Ginger Man, too. We've, we stashed a few so we can put them out here and there over time. And that's, that was your special collaboration. So Olivia, why don't you say hello and tell us about the project? Cause yeah, it was it was so much fun. You know, these are some of my favorite um, people, not only that I work with and sell beer to, but just to hang out with and enjoy a beer with and talk about it. And, you know, we all get along so well, and it was kind of a natural partnership. And we got to bring them up to the brewery and entertain them, and we had so much fun together, and it just kind of brought us all even closer. And we got to brew this beer, and I think the girl, you know, I brewed at Empire for a year and a half, so I, I was so happy to go back and be able to do that. I miss the brewery very much, but I think it was really cool for the girls to get in there. And it's a very manual brewing system, so you really have to learn the intricate ins and outs of the entire process. And I think that was a really cool experience for everyone collectively, and the beer came out 100%. really good. Absolutely. We're so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's great. There's, like, a little <laughs> kick in there. Well, well yeah, we used yeah. chilies. Yeah, chocolate chili and pierced out cocoa nibs and, a, like, a blend of chilies. Yeah. It was so, as we were brewing it, you know, of course, there's a group of people brewing in the middle of the day, so all the customers that are eating there are kind of like, what's happening? What's that? We open the door. The entire place smells like a mole. I mean, it's rich and chocolatey and <laughs> spicy and peppers. I mean, it was just, oh, my gosh. We were all like, great. just get fermented already we want to try it i tried out the tank a few times i couldn't wait yeah. I was like, is it ready yet is it ready yet it was so good it's so good so whose idea was it it was it, like i like i said actually yeah. i believed we could credit david for the idea we were all at an event at brooklyn brewery and he was like you should all come up and brew a beer together and then we kind of collaborated with our brewmaster tim and came up with the style and then developed the recipe so, so dave, it was, dave kataleski from empire yeah yeah we were at the brooklyn brewery event uh last october that the governor put on it's a really nice event and we were all having a really great time and we were just standing in a circle like we should do something together this is a great group right here so. and one of the things about i think which connected empire to these guys i mean empire and david and they've been doing so much incredible work to sort of showcase new york beer and you know new york agricultural products and farms and and they're building this incredible brewery upstate right now so to get to go there and see what's happening and see all the local you know where they get their meat from where they get their vegetables from where this you know malt comes from i mean the peppers we use are from david's garden you know so it's just to be able to be a part of that and it stemmed from being a taste of new york oktoberfest we feel really fortunate to support like the state and you know these small companies and these small farms it's just fantastic Let's um. We're gonna t- we have a, a whole show to talk about all these things, but I want to bring it back to Andrew Cooper, also from uh, Wild Beer Company. Andrew, what do you think of this? Like this this use of a uh, pepper spice in in a beer. Yeah. Have you done anything like that at Wild Beer Company? Um, we haven't used peppers as such, but we have uh, we do play around with with different spices. One of the beers that's um, available in the U.S. market is a beer called Bliss, um, which we uh, is kind of like a amber saison. Um, and it's uh, brewed with some roasted apricots or apricots, as my American brewer tells me. Um, and uh, are you enamored with your American brewer, buddy? Oh, I love him. Yeah. I love him. This guy must get so much at the brewery. His name's Brett. Come on. <laughs> um, and we. But we, I thought I thought you, this this beautiful you know pastoral setting in Somerset with apples and things isn't you guys run around? What what is the land of summer people? Do, do you guys know that? 
I mean, I, I, Google, I Googled Somerset. It sounds great after the winter. I'll go to the, the land of summer the people Welsh any day. The Saxons were there, and it was going back to the invasion of the Saxons. This is like we, we've had the <laughs> we've had the wettest winter ever. Half the half the counties underwater. It's uh, it's a pretty spectacular place right now. You can see all you can see is like a sea that's taken over. It's amazing. But uh, we. Um, we yeah we we have an American brewer. We like to give him lots of uh, uh, we like to have lots of banter with him about about all the things. But he he's a great brewer, and and um, we're making beers with some unusual ingredients. We use some spices in in this beer called Bliss that we we brew with the with the apricots, and uh, and I, I think uh, you can do a lot with spice. It, it adds really nice um, depth of flavour and intricacies into a beer. That, um, we we love playing with that kind of thing. And how, how did you, you guys? I'm calling you the. What are you guys? The, the women in beer, but the Sweet Fire collaboration. Sure, that, Sweet Fire <laughs> we'll collaboration. Take it. Yeah. We'll how did you guys fire. pick your ingredients and flavors for this beer? Well, you know, we worked with Tim and we kind of like described of, of what we were hoping to get out of the flavor and him being the master brewer that he is was like, this is exactly what we're going to need to achieve this. And we kind of went back and forth several times, like throughout several months, actually, of planning this actual style and and rollout. We wanted it to be during New York City Beer Week and everything was, uh, you know, collaboratively kind of decided but um yeah through, like the longest email chain ever it was a very <laughs> funny email chain five very busy it. people trying to attempt to no yeah like we <laughs> we started with the idea of an imperial stout and then we just kind of threw on what about chilies and you were like an egg cream and we were just kind of playing with so many ideas it was all over and- the place yeah <laughs> yeah well i'm very happy with how it ended it's delicious. I want to have it with the chili that Empire serves with like 16 different kinds of meat. It's just... Oh it won gosh. the chili cook-off at Spring Lounge two times. Well, it's we funny because how we were, we were thinking of the name and we we're just, you know, obviously in the very long car ride up to Syracuse, like just saying every, any and everything that could come to our mind. And as soon as we got there, they had, we tried the sausage that they do with like molasses. It's like a spicy sort of sweet sausage that they're famous for and have been on multiple shows for called Sweet Fire. And literally, ours, they're like, oh, it's called Sweet Fire. And every single one of our head was like, oh, well, duh. There I it thought is, he was you know? talking about the beer. I was like, oh, we named it. That's a great name. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, let's just go with it. Yeah. Haley, uh, so talking about traveling to places like England, we're also talking about upstate New York. So I think that there's great places. There's so many breweries in New York State. Was that your first time at Syracuse? It was, yeah. I mean, I'm from the Midwest, so I don't know New York that well. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool to go and visit them. And like Ann mentioned, the slow food, they really participate in that as well yeah. at Empire, which was really cool. Uh, my husband is a chef. He's the chef at Tap Room, actually. So, um, you know, I'm always interested in what people are doing with their food, especially pairing it with beer. So I thought it was really cool to see how they ran their program. That's great. Well, we got a chance to meet all the guests on the show tonight. We're going to have a couple more segments coming up. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Roderick Roberta's in Bushwick and heritageradionetwork.org. Check it out. You can be a member. There's a lot of things going on. There's some special parties coming up. And uh, I think that in uh, April, if you join, you're going to get a free Pig Island ebook. But nobody else knows about that yet except for me. All right. So here we are. We've got a great panel tonight. We've got the Sweet Fire Collaboration. we got everybody. Say your names, all, all the women from the Sweet Fire Collaboration and your affiliation in beer. Um, Amber Sarah, and I, I don't know, most people call me Anne Lex Pierre from my Facebook, but uh, I work at the Ginger Man. All right, Jen? Um, Jen Torriero, I am the GM over at the Spring Lounge. I'm Catherine Kyle, the GM at the Blind Tiger. I'm Olivia Sirio, the brand manager at Empire Brewing Company. And I'm Haley Jensen, the beer sommelier at Top Room 307. So we've been waiting to have these ladies on the show for a while. They made a special collaboration up at Empire in Syracuse, New York. John Lundbaum's here, be united with one of his, his uh, special beer guys, Andrew Cooper from uh, Wild Beer Company. Hey, Jimmy. Somerset. How you doing? Welcome back, guys. So we just had a little break, and we're back. We tasted a, a, a number of Wild Beer Company beers. We, we tasted the Empire uh, Sweet Fire collaboration. And uh, Jen from Spring Lounge. Now, now we're getting into like some deeper stuff, like the cool craft things that you guys have. What did you bring for us? Um, so, well, in addition to the Sweet Fire, I had brought a bottle of the Firestone Walker Wookie Jack, which uh, I brought it because it's uh, similar in flavor profile, but not really, actually even a little bit <laughs> to the Sweet Fire. <laughs> but, bit. well, it's just, it's, I'm really into dark beers, but I'm really into dark beers that are a little bit more interesting, have something else going on besides just their, oh, they're roasty and malty and chocolatey. And so this is one of my favorite beers that has come out in the past few years. It's just, the rye adds a spiciness. It's a black rye IPA for anyone that doesn't know. And it's... Well, let's, let's taste it. And one thing that, that, that I'm going to say ladies, but all of you ladies have in common is that you're all working with some of the best beers that are coming into New York, as well as being part of this collaboration. So yeah, We're really fortunate in that yeah. respect. So why don't you tell us, besides the Firestone, what, what are some other beers that, that are in New York right now that, that you serve or, or you, you aspire to serve? I think she, Catherine, I mean, the Peak Scales guys, we just can't get enough of their beers. Chief's doing some incredible... I'm actually going up there next Thursday to brew with them uh, for a day. And uh, Newburgh Brewery has been doing some really great stuff. The, who, do, who do you have on right now? I was so excited to get Bell's. Like, I'm from the Midwest, so I was like, they made it. So that was pretty cool. I I thought the Bell's rollout was actually really cool. I'm not from Michigan. I never tried the beer. But I thought the way that it was done in New York City, it was really exciting. And we had Larry Bell on the show, and he was at a couple bars we knew, like Isn't Barcade. he funny? It was, it was a great rollout. It kind of felt like its own beer week. You know, you know uh, yeah, Growing up in Chicago, I mean, I think you know, Haley has a similar experience. Myself growing up in Chicago, especially in college, I probably drank my weight in Bell's every few weeks. Um, really, it was such an important, important beer in the craft scene at that time. Love having it here. Wow. All right. Um, by the way, about the the Wookie Jack that's going around now, you know, black IPA. W- one thing I find really interesting about the style, it really sort of developed on the west coast of the U.S., but has made its way back to England now. I mean, when, when, it's funny in the previous segment when you were mentioning travel and you were asking Haley about travel. Haley actually used to live in England and work in the craft beer scene there. I think her and Andrew probably have about three dozen friends in common. Yeah, we just discussed not. that on the break. I'm like, did you know I used to work there? He's like, what? Well, why don't you tell us? Well, but, tell us where you used to work in England and, and some of the, the peers you have in common. And, and also, I mean, are you guys 
Andrew, you must be seeing black IPAs at this point. Haley, when you were there, you were probably starting to see some uh, sort actually, of the American influence trickle over overseas. Yeah, t- t- tell us where did you work in England, and then talk about some of their friends in common because we're trying to find a, some common ground here. <laughs> it's very easy. I mean, we uh, we just mentioned on the break. I used to work at um, Uto Beer, which is a retail store in Borough Market, the birthplace of Porter. It's just a really cool scene. To um, it's very ancient, but also very cutting edge. I was there when we were rolling out some beers from Thornbridge, which I'm pouring their Raven Black IPA from England right oh, now. I love that beer. Another I may have had segue. one for lunch today, yeah. <laughs> um, or two. Yeah, but so that's a very well-known beer lot, destination You're very uh, funny today. Oh, thank you very much. Um, this is I actually think, my second Black IPA. I think you're playing right it up for the ladies, John. Oh, really come now, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, be nice. Be nice. There's also a really great pub there called The Rake, where I worked as well. It's mutual owners, but I'm sure we all know... Mike and Rich and Eddie and Gina. We mentioned Melissa Cole, who I used to be an assistant to for tasting. Oh, Melissa, the writer? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Her book, it's about her book. She's really great. Oh, yeah? What's yeah, her the, book? The scene is the scene's moving on pretty quick. Um, and I think it's gone from, I don't know how long ago you were there, but, but every year now it moves on and there's more and more breweries opening. There's a lot of influences from the U.S., um, throughout UK, the new wave of UK breweries, and we're seeing more and more. You know, black IPAs at the moment are kind of two a penny almost. You know, is it every brewery does one and aspires to to do the next great one? And um, there's there's loads going on, and and, and the, the UK market is just moving at such a pace. It's incredible at the moment. Are you guys getting any kind of pushback from the sort of traditionalists and people that? What is that? This, I mean, I just, I, it's funny that. English seem to be very, very connected to their beer, rightfully so, but what's that being like? I think um, that for a long time we've been held back by that tradition in some ways, that that in the UK beer is still perceived as being yellow and fizzy or brown and flat in, in <laughs> still a, a, a really large percentage of the, of the country. But every week now there's new breweries opening, there's new bars opening, the the scene has really taken off and and yeah there's definitely the traditionalists are, are fighting back I, I read a an article at the weekend where someone was saying what's this craft beer stuff i i just want to be able to go into the pub and, and buy a pint of best bitter and now there's hoppy beers everywhere and this is not what i want and so yeah there's going to be an element of that but um i think it, the, the momentum's there now it's moving forward and people just want new and interesting and exciting yeah. and flavorful and all those things have become massively important Can't stop, won't stop. well god love the guys from camera they're definitely the traditionalists that come in and they're just like what do you have on cask and you'll you'll name two or three things you've got and then they're like nope and they'll leave because they've tried them before you know there are those <laughs> kind of old guys who just well i mean not old no and offense I love those guys but too. yeah and but a lot of the young people it's just like the scene here where they come in and they're like where's that i've never seen that beer do you have anything new you know and i mean i got to meet you know evan before he started the colonel and see that explode and it's just it's just as cutting edge there well the only thing i would have to add is um you know it's 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 often portrayed as sort of a conflict between sort of the uh sort of old mainstay camera people in great britain and sort of this new wave of craft brewers and i think there's actually a lot more common ground um, London is a bit of an exception. Obviously, Andrew's in Somerset, several hours from London. But London is an exception. As of five years ago, I think there were fewer than 10 breweries in London, maybe only five or six, and now there's about 50. So it's very, very small brewers. It is people who are embracing sort of craft, but it's not like they're pushing out the old traditional breweries. London, 
um, I talked to a very uh, actually Pete Brown, you know, the, the beer writer, said you know it's not so much that London is having a brewing renaissance; it's more that London's just catching up to where it should be. Um, it's really a city that's had a lot of issues with brewers in the Midlands, in sort of more the north of England, you know, approaching sort of the Manchester, Sheffield, Cheshire area. You do still see a lot more of the more traditional British breweries making incredible, beautiful. Uh, cast product for their local pubs, and it's not necessarily a conflict. Um, I, I think there's still there are so many pubs in the UK; they're, they're everywhere. So there's still a massive movement. There's still tons of traditional beer being made, tons of traditional beer being enjoyed, and I think most of the the new wave of breweries they're not kind of cast beer haters they they just want to do something more and, and educate and inspire people to to try new things and say that beer which we're just trying to change people's perceptions a little bit that that there are so many styles and not styles of different beer and <laughs> the flavors. not styles are my favorite yeah well <laughs> but i think to be honest we only make the not styles so yeah. yeah i just didn't mean like you know old versus new and there's some kind of war but it's just do you feel like you're really going in there and like breaking down to it like you know has it evolved enough where you feel like oh this is like great we're all being you know welcomed and it's great or you're like okay I'm banging down doors I'm pounding the pavement I have to explain my style tell us tell people like still educate people about it or is it like oh we get it are you selling more beer in England or in America yeah Uh, more beer in England um, but probably um, uh, for us um, in time America has grown really really well for us Um, it's it's becoming it's an exciting opportunity, and let's be honest, there's a hell of a lot more people in America than there is in Britain. So, uh, but um, more and more every week, there's new bars opening up. There's new places that want our beer. We we are constantly being asked how you know by people how they get our beer, and um, we have a we work with some fantastic small distributors all over the UK, and with some really passionate people who who are going out there and and are educating people about what they can get and how beer can be different and that you know this this doesn't have to be what you think it is it can be something else let's flip it back to the states so first if you're listening if you're on twitter at beer underscore sessions i want to know uh what is the land of summer people <laughs> especially if you're in england no, garrett, garrett baker is one of our regular listeners in england uh you write us and let us know what the hell is the land of summer people. You guys, this rich history there, yeah. But um, <laughs> coming back to New York, upstate New York is is, is agricultural region, kind of like the way Somerset is. You yeah, know. when he was describing, or when you were describing the landscape of the brewery, I was like, that kind of sounds similar to upstate New York. And I'm just yeah. picturing brewers frolicking around in fields with like little <laughs> lambs. <laughs> and it usually happens <laughs> after three a.m., but it happens. They have like hop <laughs> flower crowns. But so, so you know, Syracuse, New York. Yeah. This is like a special part of New York State. There's so many local ingredients that you guys are starting to use. What yeah. What are some local ingredients that Empire is using? Well, we're we're so lucky. We're you know we're surrounded by farmers that are making great uh, small time agricultural products that we get to use at our restaurant. And I think we have partnership with close to uh, sixty different farmers that are uh, supplying us products for our menu because our our brew pub Empire has. A uh, really great restaurant component, and you were talking about slow food earlier. We're one of the first businesses in New York State, I believe, to be recognized as a slow food, uh, the snail of approval. So, you know, um, we're 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 in the heart of New York. It's about four hours north of New York City. It's as central on the dot and the map that, as you can get. And we're just surrounded by you know town, small towns and pasture lands that are just covered with farms that are making great. I mean, we have a Kobe beef farm across the street from where the new brewery is growing. You can throw a pebble at it. 
So it's, you know, we're just surrounded by great... Uh, that's like the biggest this industry. summer, if I want to go upstate, it's worth the trip to Empire. It's a great weekend trip. You can hit Syracuse. a bunch of breweries. You can Definitely. go to Cooperstown yeah. and Ithaca. Yeah. And, and they'll yeah. have a treehouse that you can sleep in. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could do stores. a beer bar crawl you know, or a brewery crawl. You know, you could hit a bunch of them up there and make it really worth your while. All right. We're, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm, I want to actually ask you guys a little bit about what you guys actually do day to day because people want to know what you do for your jobs because you all work at really great places. So let's, let's take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's March 11th, 2014. We're talking to uh, some very cool people. Wild Beer Company from England and a Sweet Fire collaboration of uh, some women who work in beer in New York. So let's, let's ask, I think we've covered a lot of bases today. We talked about Somerset, England and Syracuse, New York and collaborations and all this cool stuff. But there's some very interesting people in the room who have very interesting jobs. Uh, some of them are the big decision makers for beer in New York City. So let's start with Catherine Kyle. She's the GM of Blind Tiger. Woo-hoo. Come on. What do you do? Like a typical day, give us, give us like a, a, a rundown of what you do in, in your day. Because GM sounds fancy, but you really have to do a lot of hard work, don't no, you? No, it's, it's all about getting the work done. What you do, first of all, is you come in and you probably do the banks. You probably sit there and make sure that there is money so that the bar can run. So that's, you know, brass tacks, like, you know, you got to do that. And then you move on to, all right, you know, you're looking at the draft board and you're making sure that, you know, everything that's on there is actually pouring, maybe something kicked, maybe a bartender didn't change it, maybe it, you know, got written up wrong. You're looking at changing, like, spelling errors on the board. That's, you know, that's something that I'm constantly doing. Um, You go from that to thinking about, you know, all right, what beer do we need in for the next few days? And so you, you look at your lines, you look at your lineup, you think about what, where you want it to be, and then you start looking at maybe craft inventory, maybe you've got some reps who are coming in that you're, you're going to find out about their new products that are coming in or their seasonals or just the regular stuff that they want you to order that, you know, is good. So then, you know, maybe you'll make a beer order or two. Um, after that, maybe you have a plumber coming to fix some... Plumbing <laughs> issue, like the guy that tried to rip our toilet out of the floor. There, yeah, you know, there are constant problems with the toilet. So, like, it's a and at Gingerman. What what are some of the things that you have to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, I I'm actually really fortunate in what I because it's more based around the customers and the beer. Um, so quality control of beer ordering uh, two days a week. It feels kind of like a chess game, you know, going in the morning and get everything set up for what we need for the next week. 
I would say we have 70 lines. I mean, it's a, a lot of moving so like pieces. What, did you work today? No, but I will be there tomorrow, and okay. I was there yesterday. So what are you going to do tomorrow when you go in, first um, thing? First thing, go into the walk-in and do a quick once-over of everything that's there. Uh, figure out what we need for the weekend. Figure out what we need for St. Patrick's Day. Figure out what we need to, you know, to back up on our certain lines. We have certain dedicated lines for a cider or a fruit beer or you know, a smoked beer or a pepper beer. And so we want to make sure that those don't go off. And then I... You know, set up the bar and taste and make sure everything tastes like it's, you know, it's supposed to. And we don't want to serve anything. We clean our lines religiously. But every once in a while, you have something kind of tough. And, you know, you want to make sure that your Pilsner doesn't taste like a wheat beer and et cetera. And so, you know, I take that very seriously. Like Catherine said about spelling, it's funny because everybody knows I'm completely insane when it comes to detail. So I will make sure everything in there, every picture is tilted, everything is spelled right. If it's brewed in North Carolina over Colorado, it says North Carolina. Like we're very upfront and I want to make sure you know we can educate best as possible because we have that platform and we should really be using it it's great so like tomorrow what, what time do you open the bar we open the bar at 11.30 and if I went in tomorrow at 11.30 oh I'd be so happy I sat down come on in baby <laughs> I don't think you've been to visit me yet so what uh, would you serve me look like what would you how would you, you know, present? Well, my, my menus, first thing with that, yeah, absolutely, menus. Um, first off, menu. Uh, I want to make sure that you, you know, what are you in the mood for? It's very much like entertaining. We have a party. People know each other. I introduce my regulars. We don't have TVs on. We don't have Wi-Fi. It's a throwback. You know, it's an old-fashioned. You come in, you talk to people. It's a, you know, an old kind of old-school tavern. It's my favorite part of, the, of where I work. And, you know, I introduce my regulars. People have been there. You know, I have regulars that live in England that come every single year for five years, you know, and it's just, it's such a great meeting place you know obviously it changes a little bit at night we're a very packed happy hour crowd mm-hmm. we get really really busy at night but in the daytime it's just really comfortable and so it's about what you're in the mood for what do you feel like what do you want to eat what okay, do you want to so talk about you know you might be my favorite bar if, if if i'm drinking my beer and i'm down to like at what point in the in the cup do you ask me for a refill you play it by ear you know you just get eye contact you get a feel for people and i think without the distractions of 25 tvs and blasting this and that you get a feel for people you know where they're at you know how long they're taking and then as so you, get you would to know, know people, that i would probably have more than one beer i mean i, would I hope you'd say, have one more than you, one Jimmy? beer i'm not yeah, letting you out think, that uh, easy yeah maybe a couple all right and jen spring lounge too I, I i haven't been there in years but you also each of you have unique jobs too which is kind of cool right yeah, absolutely. Uh, the One of the most unique things about Spring Lounge is we're one of the last bars in New York City to open at 8 a.m. Uh, we're grandfathered in. We've been around since the 30s. So we have one of those old liquor licenses where and, – and we have – quite the crowd at 8 a.m. and it's really great it's it's actually one of my favorite times of day to be at the spring lounge because you meet so many interesting people whether it's people traveling from overseas who have nothing to do that day except have a beer at eight in the morning or you know people who work the overnight shifts cops firemen hotel workers whatever um so for us the you know for me as a manager sometimes i have to go in at 8 a.m to help take in deliveries to you know troubleshoot things to you know i get the sometimes i get that 7 a.m phone call from the bartender who just went in to set up who's like you know the boiler is leaking water all over the floor or the cold box is warm um a lot of being a gm is putting out fires constantly whether they're small fires or big fires that's a lot of your job and you have to be able to be very flexible uh, Flexible in the sense of you could be in complete emergency mode one minute and then the next minute, you know, a a really good customer of yours could want to stop and talk to you for two seconds and you need to be able to stop, collect yourself and be like, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, my God, it's so good to see you. 
um, that's a really important part of the job too is just putting on your many game faces and just being the person that you need to be at that moment. Um, well, at 8 in the morning, what, what are the top drinks that you saw? Uh, definitely Bloody Marys. Um, but actually, you know, it really depends. We... <laughs> We sometimes get those people who are on their way to work and they just come in and they walk in and they're like, give me a shot of Jameson. And they just <laughs> slug back a quick one and then they, they you know, put their $10 bill on the bar and then they walk out the door and head into the train station. There's definitely those um, people, but we get a lot of freelance workers who just, they come in with their, their newspaper or they come in with their computers, they're, they're working and they... They sit with a beer in our front windows, which, you know, our bar gets a lot of sunlight. So you don't feel like you're it's sitting healthy. in a seedy bar. It's a healthy bar. Yeah. It's one of the it's best really healthy place day. to drink at 8 a.m. It's a really, it's actually my favorite place to drink in the, the afternoon. It's the best people watching bars. Cheers to the windows. corner of Spring Lounge and Spring Street and the Mulberry, right? And then Haley Jensen, Taproom 307. Uh, what, what's your, like, typical, when are you working next? Um, well, I'm working tonight. It's trivia night, and I play every week. My team is Haley's Comets. Um, but I basically do kind of the same thing, a lot of troubleshooting. I told my friend a long time ago, I'm like, I'll never be a GM, because if a toilet falls off the wall, it's your problem. And like that has literally happened. It was a sink, but that is part of the job. Um, I usually have a long line of reps at the bar, chatting, eating lunch. Our food is really good. I'm really proud of that. Um, like I said, my husband's the chef there. So that's really fun to, you know, do the food and beer together. And another hobby we have is home brewing. So this one um, I wanted to bring today because it has cocoa nibs just like Sweet Fire. But instead of a spicy kick at the end, it actually has mint. It's nice. It's very mm. nice. And you guys, yeah. you're an award-winning home brewer, too, you and your husband, Stephen, right? Yeah, we just got a second place at Homebrew Rally for this beer. We got a first for our cider and a first uh, for our Berliner Weiss, which won Best in Show. So awesome. Is that what we drink at your wedding? Because that was you. awesome. Yeah, home brewings are, I mean, I love what I do at Top Room, but home brewing is a real shared passion. I want to say that it's, it's great having you guys on the show, and um, everyone's always talking about who are the women in beer. I was like, you guys are women in beer, and you guys are serious professionals, and uh, I, I definitely hope to have you guys on the show again. But let's also wrap it up with Andrew. So, Andrew, Wild Beer Company, what do you do every day, man? What's a typical day besides well, traveling in America? Yeah, we don't do a lot of traveling to America. We do a lot of a lot of stuff around the UK, um, but we're we're a small brewery and we're pretty much at capacity. So most of my time is spent juggling what we're going to brew and where it's going to go and working out the logistics of it all and 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 that kind of thing. And as, as well as plenty of quality control and developing our, our products and making sure that like they're in the as good morning. As they can so be. Let's, let's say tomorrow we were in England right now. Tomorrow morning you got up. What would you do first? Um, uh, I'm, go in and, and we'll we'll talk through uh the the day's issues and what we've got to do and where where beer's going out to that day um and we'll work out um a sales plan and we'll work out what we've got in stock and we'll we'll take it from there i mean w- one of the great things i've got to do is is next week when i fir- when i get back in the, in the country uh, the first major job is to to taste about 24 but um, barrels of our, our modus operandi and work out which ones are going to go into the blend that's going to be coming out to the US in April. Doesn't our job suck so uh, much? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about really, the tough job. Take one for the team. Uh, we all take one for the team. And for the record in the US, it's modus vivendi. No. Apologies, John. No worries. Is that what we're drinking now, the last beer, John? Uh, no, Jimmy, you have the bliss in your glass. That's uh, the apricot beer. 
Uh, most modus operandi, modus vivendi here in the states went around. But a few the bliss does everyone have the bliss? Uh, I think everyone has Haley's homebrew right now. But I, we I have, have homebrew, but you, you, just, you just poured stage. me the bliss. Andrew, tell us about the bliss today. again one more time. This is Next. pretty neat. <laughs> so the the bliss is a amber saison made with apricots, um, and then it's uh, spiced up with some cafe lime leaves and some cardamom. When do you um, put the apricots in? Uh, they go in right at the end of the boil. They're roasted off, and and then they go in. They've got a nice bit of caramelization to them, which really helps, I think. And then uh, we we from ferment with a saison yeast and then finish it off with some with some bread as well all right well guys we're gonna make a few announcements before we sign off uh our good friends bearded ladies they're hosting a beer geek trivia uh tomorrow march 13th uh with finback brewing at glorietta baldi and uh cheers to you guys march There's 12th a- march 12th <laughs> <laughs> well thank you whenever it is check them out bearded ladies and a lot of good stuff this says tomorrow march 13th but when you hear the show it might be april okay um also uh cool promotions going on with some east village and lower east side bars right now jimmy's number 43 burp castle eastwood uh malton mold uh, abc beer company and dba yeah. east village are doing the liquid lent 40 Ooh. days of beer inspired by a blogger who decided to live on beer for 43 days Check that out. And uh, in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com who helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Got a lot of guests on the show. Thanks to Andrew and John, Olivia, Catherine, Jen, and Haley. And thanks so much for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. And thanks to our producers, Maggie Side and Justin Kennedy. Happy birthday. And our engineer, Evan DeVito. Thanks, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.